Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. I'm Bill Roden, and as we continue to monitor how our world is changing because of COVID-19, today we're going to talk to two students about the government stimulus check, whether they got them and how they plan to use the money. And later we have a projected NBA first-round pick in Jalen Smith joining the show. Today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Whitney Bronson and Randall Williams, Roden Fellows from Hampton University. How are you guys doing today? I'm well, Bill. How are you? Glad you asked, Whitney. <laughs> Stir crazy. Randall, how are you making out? I'm doing pretty well. I uh, stayed up late last night, but I'm here. We're, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon and on the Sunday of the documentary that everybody's been waiting for, ESPN's The Last Dance. Michael Jordan's Bulls are one of the greatest dynasties in all of basketball. And it's safe to say that we're all excited. Um, but I know that for you guys, uh, Whitney and Ferrando, uh, Jordan is great, but <laughs> the Bulls won their last championship. Whitney, you weren't even born. And Randall, you were like three months old. So I'm just curious, for your generation, uh, who was the best team and the best player? I'll go ahead and say uh – Team-wise, it's got to go to the 16-17 Warriors. I don't think we've ever seen uh, that much dominance. I mean, when Kevin Durant pulled the move and went to the Warriors, whether, you know, you can call it whatever you want, it just seemed like, you know, that whole NBA was just like, oh, you know, well, you know, we'll, we'll try again whenever he gets decides to leave and go to another team. And they were really dominant. You go back and watch that playoff run. You go back and watch the finals. And really, they were, you know, a couple shots away from, sweeping the Cavs that year. So 16-17 Warriors were easily the most dominant team in, in my lifetime. I think the Heat were up there as well, but that Warriors team, you have the greatest shoot, shooter ever, the second greatest shooter ever, and arguably the greatest scorer of all time. I don't think there's a combo like that in NBA history. What about you, Whitney? From at least teams that I remember watching, I honestly, I have to agree with Randall in terms of, you know, the Heat and the Warriors. But I also kind of want to enter the Spurs in the chat just a little bit you know, with um with Duncan, Ginobili, Kawhi yeah, Leonard. Yeah. You know, that was, I mean, to me, that was a pretty good team. Like, I honestly enjoyed watching them play. And it just seemed like a really great team at the time. And I was most certainly, you know, rooting for them when they were playing. So, I mean, I mean, Randall, you took all the good ones. So what, what else do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about something uh, that has changed. And that's money. <laughs> that stimulus check. That's real. You know, a- after months of wondering who would get stimulus checks and if indeed they were going to come at all and watching as some of our neighbors were reportedly getting $2,000 per month, stimulus checks from the Trump administration finally started to make their way into bank accounts of Americans across the nation, ranging from 700 to $1,200. Today, we're going to be joined by two university students, 
Morgan Hyatt, a 22-year-old senior from Columbus, Ohio, who's currently studying biochemistry at Duquesne University, and Georgina Smith, a 21-year-old senior originally from Ghana, who's currently studying education in the sports industry at Ohio State University. Thank you both for coming on the show, and how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Nice to see everyone. Hey, Morgan, what did you think about when you heard that the stimulus check bill was being passed? I guess my first impression was um, an opportunity for people to find income. It definitely needed to be broken down to see who would qualify, and that's what I was interested in. Um, So it definitely took some time to get the right information because there was a lot of fake news going around about who qualified and how much you had to make and your back taxes. So I think just finding the right information about um, the stimulus check in general was what I was interested in. Now, do you think that college students should have received them? I definitely think college students should have received them only because A lot of parents claimed their students on their taxes. So that definitely disqualified majority of students. Um, I know some people are living independently, so they were able to qualify. But for my situation, I'm still in the midst of living with my parents uh, in college. So they definitely claimed me on their taxes. So I didn't qualify, which was unfortunate. So what was your reaction when you found out that you couldn't receive it? I'd say I missed out on opportunity only because it would have given me an income because right now I'm just in school. I don't have a job. I was running track until my season ended, so I didn't really have an income at the time. And I think it definitely would have been beneficial to have it to either go in savings or to pay for like miscellaneous things. So I think missing out on that opportunity was something that I wish I could have done. So. Yeah, that was going to be my question, Morgan. What would you have spent the money on? And how far do you think it would have gone, let's say, if you got a check for $1,200? If I'm being honest, I probably would have broken down the money into, like, some bank savings and then some just spending it on, like, because right now, like, I'm paying for groceries, gas, just things living in Pittsburgh right now. That's where I'm uh, going to school. So I would probably divvy it up depending on what my financial need was at the time because my parents are helping me but I'm still uh, trying to be independent. So um, <laughs> just, it would have been, it would have been nice to get the tech is all I'm saying. How, I guess what we've been asking everybody, and you were an athlete, you know, you, your track season, how did you feel about your season being interrupted? And, and it, was there any, could you have ever even envisioned this? Uh, if you go back to heck, even like November, uh, you know, could you have seen this coming? Oh, absolutely not. When Corona was first being talked about, I guess it was kind of in the back of my mind, like, okay, like things are starting to build up. It's kind of becoming an issue. At the time, um, I was training for indoor. Uh, We started in December and then we had winter break and then our season ended in March. So it was kind of the time around when spring break was happening. Um, People were just kind of on edge as to what was going on. So when we finally got the news, um, that pretty pretty much everything was being canceled. Um, the NCA was just giving the announcement online. Like I found out through Instagram before my coaches even told me that my season was pretty much done. So um, I, I had heard that the NCAA is reinstating some athletes for their spring seasons, obviously, since they got canceled. So would you consider 
going back to finish out your spring season? So yeah, you're you're correct. They definitely gave the opportunity for seniors and those who are still um, redshirted or they have like extra season for them to come back and either run or do whatever sport they have to do um, for that season that they lost. Personally, because like track has been like something that I've definitely loved over the years, but it's definitely been a roller coaster. I don't think I would go back and have that extra year only because I have plans after graduation that I want to pursue um, for my public health degree that I'm pursuing for for my master's program. So it's kind of like I was thrown off track with everything that happened with COVID. So I don't think going back just to finish out my season to run track is like something I'm looking at towards right now. What are you going to, you said you want to get into public health. Uh, what's sort of your master plan like in the next few years? Okay, ideally, I want to work for the CDC. I'm interested in a concentration of public health called epidemiology. So I would huh. focus on maternal and children's health um, with marginalized people. So that's where I want to do most of my research. And definitely obtaining a master's degree is something that I'm going to be pursuing here soon. And hopefully getting a job with CC or NIH, you know, something similar. Um, But I just love learning about like the epidemiology in general and then how it affects people like us. Let me tell you something. The CDC needs all the help they can get right now. (laughs) Yeah, just think about (laughs) that. We need to expedite this process to get you down to Atlanta. And uh, you need to start working because you're definitely an essential worker. Right. And I'm oh, really? already trying. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we also have on the line uh, Georgina Smith. Georgina is a, uh, is a senior. She's originally from Ghana. and She's currently uh, studying education in the sports industry at, Ohio State, at the Ohio State uh, University. Uh, Georgina, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? Well, you know, <laughs> taking it day by day, <laughs> you know, how have you been uh, holding up? Um, I've been holding up well, um, just trying to finish up my last few weeks of school here and um, working when I can since with the whole lockdown thing in Ohio, it's very limited here, but I've been working to pull income as much as I can. Now, I'll ask you the same question we asked uh, Morgan. What did you think about when you heard that the stimulus bill had had, had passed? Um, Well, I was definitely excited because I've been filing independently from my mom since 2017. So um, I was excited to hear that I would be getting some free money, (laughs) if I'm being honest. (laughs) So listen, it's $1,200. You're 21. It's easy to splurge. Tell me what you bought. I know you bought something, Georgina. You didn't just pocket it all and put it in your Be careful, Georgina. Be careful. So a thousand definitely went straight into the savings because I had to able to meet. One twenty went into tithing because I faithful with my tithes at church, and then um, the last eighty went to me making a wig. So I only kept eighty dollars out of all the money. With the hold on, because with the hairstylist and everything not being available, they were deemed not essential. I completely understand the wig, okay? Yeah, because <laughs> I've been struggling too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What What you need to be doing is learning how to cut hair, because my barber <laughs> flew to Belize. So I know you with the wigs, but if you can learn how to cut hair, I will fly you out. 
Uh, just, just curious, uh, and, and this is something that that uh, uh, we've, you know, Randall and fellows have talked about uh, about this. Your education has moved online. Do you guys feel that you're being cheated? I, I know that this was nobody's fault, uh, mm-hmm. but do you feel that you've been uh, cheated? Would you ask for refunds? Do you think refunds are in order, or how do you feel? I definitely think there should have been some type of refund because. Um, well, yes, we couldn't have foreseen this pandemic, but we didn't pay for online classes. So for everything to go online, like there should have been some kind of compensation. I mean, uh, they gave us part of our recreational feedback from campus, but it was like $48. So at that point, they could have just kept the money. But um, oh, you get another way. Been... <laughs> yes, I could put, use that towards another way. But um <laughs> there was, there just should have been some type of compensation put in place because it wasn't really fair for us to have to still pay all that tuition to have half of our classes online. Now, as we wrap up, uh, I want to go back to the, the stimulus bill. Do you guys really think that the $1,200 is enough to uh, help a lot of families? Because, I mean, it's, it's money. It's not it's not a lot of money, but you know, any money goes a long way. What do you guys think about this twelve hundred dollars? Is it is it really gonna be useful to, to citizens in America? I feel like it, it could help a little bit, but it depends where you live. Um for us in Columbus, a thousand two hundred it can it can stretch a little bit. But if you're living in say New York, I mean that's almost nothing. So I guess it depends where you live, um, what your budget is what your current situation is. Um, it's definitely not enough for a lot of citizens, but I guess, I mean, free money's free money. So yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's enough. I definitely seen people speaking on, you know, how you can stretch the 1200. I've seen like some people speak on stretching the 1200 within like 10 weeks. And if we're really being honest, depending on your household, granted, um, if you're like in a combined household with mom and dad, you get a larger stimulus check. But considering that, you know, it's only 1200 I feel as though when you're not having an immediate income because of the pandemic and you're still trying to keep the lights on, you know, feed your children, be there for them, I think it's, it's really not enough. And the government can definitely give more if they wanted to, but they definitely didn't, so... But I suppose some money is better than no money. Our guest has uh, been Morgan Hyatt, a senior from Columbus, Ohio, who's at studying biochemistry at Duquesne University, and Georgina Smith, a senior uh, originally from Ghana, who's studying education uh, in the sports industry at Ohio State University. Thank you guys so much. And, again, we, we wish you all uh, the very best. You know, things are going to work out fine. Maybe not quite as you thought, but it's going to be fine. So thank you uh, so much for coming on the show and best of luck and hope you come up with a really nice graduation impromptu ceremony. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Okay. You take care.
University of Maryland basketball star Jalen Smith announced his decision to declare for the 2020 NBA draft last week. After an inconsistent freshman season, the six foot 10 inch forward burst on the scene and became one of the most talented players in college basketball. Smith is a projected mid to late first round pick. I have one question. I'll turn it over to Randall and Whitney. So what, what made you decide that now was the time to go to the NBA draft? I mean, this is such a weird, such a weird time, but what made you decide that this was it? This was the time. Pretty much just how my season went. Um, Coming in, I pretty much tried to improve on everything I did my freshman year, and I pretty much did that in every category. And then my coach, Coach Turgeon, pulled me and told me that pretty much it was my time to go. And everybody else, uh, all of my teammates, my family members, was encouraging me to go and knowing that they believed that I was ready because this year was basically a year for maturity and just to get better, and I did that in every aspect. Mm-hmm. What do you think the hardest part, of leaving Maryland was because obviously this isn't the ending that you want. No one could have predicted this worldwide pandemic. Um, what, what was the di- most difficult part of, you know, having unfinished business? I know like everybody was upset about the season and I was upset too. I mean, that wasn't really, that's not really like a factor of that's what's going to make me miss Maryland. Uh, pretty much it's just the bonds that I built. Uh, pretty much all of the freshmen, my freshman class that I came in with, my brothers, uh, my teammate um, from high school that I've been playing with for about six or seven years and just knowing that I probably won't be playing with him no more for, probably for the rest of my career. So it's just, it's just that, knowing that I'm leaving behind something that helped build me up and build me into the man that I am. And just knowing that I left my legacy there and did everything I could do to help my team get to the point that they got to, it's just knowing it makes the leaving a lot more easier. Was it tough to come to terms with like not being able to bring home a national championship trophy? Oh uh, Yeah, most definitely. Um, That was pretty much our, our main goal of the season was just to pretty much improve on what we did last year in the NCAA tournament and just getting farther than we did. But, I mean, it was out of our control. Um, we couldn't control what happened. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we left. We ended the season on the championship, a Big Ten um, regular season championship. So that's what helped out a lot with that devastating ending now i want to i want to take you back to uh to high school um you were you were a five-star athlete uh talk to me about that type of pressure i mean we live in a, in a world right now where the stars it seems like those are the only things that matter now obviously you can make it if if you don't have the stars but when you have that those five stars it, it says something bigger what was what was that pressure like for you it was a lot of pressure i mean as a 15 year old kid 16 year old kid putting all that spotlight on yourself is it's kind of hard to manage, but I mean, I kept a tight circle, so they kept me humble and made sure that I continued my work ethic no matter what. Because at the end of the day, they always reminded me that stars doesn't mean nothing. Uh, any day, somebody can come out on the court and play better than you. So you just got to always come out on the court and make sure that you try to demolish anybody that steps in front of you. So just, just I mean, it's a great accolade to have, knowing that people recognize your game and that you're putting yourself out there to get recognized. I mean, at the end of the day, a star means nothing because there's kids that's way better than you, that may be way better than you, that have no stars and have to go through a difficult path than you. So how did you deal with the pressure? Just pretty much with a lot of prayer. Uh, I come from a Christian background, so and prayer was one of the dominant things in my family. So just that and then having people that I could talk to and knowing that they understand the situation that I'm in and just help me cope with it and just keep me level-headed. Probably since you were a kid, you were growing up watching the NBA draft. 
walking across the stage and shaking the commissioner's hand and putting your hat on. And you probably feel like a lot of fellow students across the country who were looking forward to walking across the stage and, you know, all that kind of stuff. How have you been dealing with that? And I guess the simple question, what kind of disappointment is that? Uh, just how have you been talking about that among your friends, other people are going to be drafted? Uh, just how are you coping with that? It's a, it's a devastating thing. Uh, I mean, like you said, you grew up all, you grew up wanting to hear your name called. But at the end of the day, you're still going to get your name called. You just won't be present. So, I mean, like, it's going to be hard not shaking the commissioner's hand and knowing that, like, oh, yeah, I'm and basking in the moment, like, oh, I really made it now. But then at the end of the day, I mean, you when you get start to get closer, you don't realize how close it is. And, like, it starts to become, like, a world shock. And be like, okay, I'm getting closer to what I really want to do. So it's like just that anticipation, like, helps deal with not being able to actually be there in person. So I know this is kind of like an unorthodox time. So how are you kind of like, you know, dealing with not being able to see your friends, not being able to go work out and everything like that? Like, have you been able to train or anything? Oh, yeah, I still work out. Um, I know Merlin just got put on his orders, but I mean, like, I'm following it, but I'm not following it because like, I, can't, I can't sit in the house that long. I'll go crazy. So, I mean, I go, I usually, I still do go like weight lift. I haven't really picked up a ball in a while though. So, I mean, pretty much I've just been focusing on my body, but starting this week, I'm going to start picking up a ball a lot more. Not as much as I want, but I'm just trying to manage a way to just to keep myself safe and the people around me safe. Where are you putting up shots? Uh, have you been able to put up shots? Do you have a, a court in your backyard or <laughs> a gym in your house? <laughs> uh, no, um, I actually, when I when I was working out, I worked out up in um, Upper Marlboro at the foundation school. Just to, It was just a small gym and not many people could would come in with me. It's usually me and my trainer. And that's probably why I continue again this week. Mm-hmm. As far as as far as your time in Maryland, I think uh, one of the things that has come up in, in the NBA with guys like Kevin Love and a couple other guys here and there is, is mental health. With the pressure that you dealt with at, at Maryland being a five-star athlete, um, talk to me about, about your mental state throughout college and high school. How were you and how did you keep yourself sane? I mean, coming into college, it was tough, uh, especially coming into a new atmosphere of uh, not knowing a lot of people, but a lot of people knowing you. And then just that pressure of temptation of being able to, like, figure out what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. But, I mean, my freshman year, uh, the pressure got to me. Coming in as a five-star, pretty much people wanted me to pretty much be a legend my first year, not realizing that a freshman year is not always going to go the way you expect it. But my freshman year went good. So leading into my sophomore year, um, my trainer, the Maryland staff, uh, suggested to Coach Turgeon that I go to a psychologist just dealing with because I had a lot more expectation coming into my sophomore year. And ever since then, I've been going to the psychologist and just talking about how I was feeling and finding ways to cope with outside sources and just being able to stay level-headed and making sure that I'm being the best teammate I can. I guess it's been great uh, Jalen Smith. He's uh University of Maryland and getting ready to begin – another chapter of his life in the NBA. Hey, gentlemen, we're going to be cheering for you. We're going to be rooting for you, praying for you. So uh, hang out, ride this thing out. But thank you so much for being with us. Really greatly appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's time for Whitney Bronson and Randall Williams to get into our, our favorite segment. It was your favorite segment. Bravo. Nah, bro. When my co-host and I will pick something from this week that we liked 
and something that we did not like. Mine is, uh, I was a little disappointed to say the least that some of our national leaders encouraging large numbers of people to protest lockdowns. To me, it was almost the height of insanity and chaos to encourage large groups of people uh, with the pandemic still not contained to go out and protest. And it's just discouraging that people continue to play political football with this virus. So I just give a big nah, bro, uh, to that. Bravo just to everybody who has been able to keep it together and keep their spirits up. And I think that's the large number of people uh, in the United States is just being able to have good humor and good cheer and keep their spirits up during this time. What about you guys? What about you, Whitney? What's your bravo? Um, my bravo goes to the women who entered the WNBA draft and were selected by their respective teams. Um, I feel like hopefully once everything is over, they're gonna, there's going to be some really good teams competing within the WNBA this year. So that's my bravo. My nabro would have to go to these pyramid schemes that have started back up again. Um, you are hilarious. <laughs> there are people continually saying, oh, if you put $100 in, you'll get $800 out. And it's just not, it's, it's not logical. It's not reasonable. So my nabro goes to the pyramid schemes and the people getting scammed. Hopefully you get your money back, but you probably won't. <laughs> Randall, what you, what you got? Well, I'm going to start with my nabro. My nabro goes to myself. Yesterday, I, there were some Jordans that released. I figured, you know, let me just enter a raffle in there. I don't ever win anything off of, off the sneakers app, but I just so happened to win them. And I didn't really want the shoes. I just wanted to be like, oh, you know, maybe if I enter this raffle, I'm just going to get a no. But, you know, the last dance is this weekend, and I won the shoes. And oh, now great. Congratulations. Um, no, 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 Bill. I'm, it, no, granted, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself. I took the hit. My bank account was perfectly fine, but now I have to, you know, go through and return them because I'm not wearing these shoes. And uh, why? My, they're ugly. No, they're beautiful. But I don't, who buys new shoes during quarantine? I'd have to be an absolute idiot. <laughs> you did. I'm gonna do walk around my my 250 foot apartment, if that. But I'll say my Bravo goes out to the NFL draft is, is this week, and um, I'm really excited for it. Uh, me and, and Nate Easington, another fellow at Howard, we were able to go to the NFL draft literally right before this pandemic uh, went on, two weeks before to be exact, and it was a really good time there. We met a lot of really good people. It's going to be really cool to see the behind-the-scenes stuff that we were there for being used on the live screen, so uh, I'm really excited for the NFL draft this week. Well, that's all we have time for today. We wrap up another great show. Thank you, Randall, and thank you, uh, Whitney. If there's anything you would like us to cover, or if you just want to leave us a comment, tweet us at the undefeated, hashtag Rodenfellows. And you could also contact us directly. I'm on Twitter, at WC Roden. That's at W-C-R-H-O-D-E-N. And I'm on Twitter at Randall Williams. The second L in Randall is an I. They haven't freed my Twitter name yet. Don't ask my questions. It's just complicated right now. It's Randall Williams. The second L is I. And I'm also on Twitter at wit underscore bit. 
That's W-H-I-T underscore B-I-T-9-8. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Roden Fellows podcast. The show is produced by the great Arthur Cribs. And a special thanks to Tarika Foster Brasby and the ESPN Digital Audio Content Team. I'm Bill Roden, and I've been your host. Uh, get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts by subscribing to The Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Join us next week for another scintillating HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a really safe and blessed week, everyone. <laughs>